Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. I'm so glad that you could be joining us today. Welcome again, Neighborhood Church of Cyprus. We are glad that you could be here. Thanks, you guys, for bringing that it together and appreciate you doing that. But uh, we are so thankful that you have joined with us this morning and, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but this, <laughs> this week has been quite a week, uh, really actually kind of awful for our nation, uh, bringing to surface issues that run deep and have been smoldering for decades and really centuries, rooted in the this sinful nature of humanity uh, that seeks to influence us towards Things like privilege and exclusion and hate and haughtiness and lawlessness and unrighteousness and evil and injustice and murder and deceit and heartlessness and selfishness. And these have been the descriptions of, uh, of the scenes that we have seen and have been thrust before us in the news almost every day. And the truth is it hurts, it angers, it isolates and it knocks us down. We long for help and desire really to rise up and be the, the people God created us to be, those good people who, who care and are empathetic. Matter of fact, look at the person next to you and say, hey, you're a good person. That's good. Uh, you know, and we have seen glimpses of hope this week as we have uh, also looked at the news that that, that police officer, that knelt down and, and prayed with protesters, that National Guard soldier who dropped their shield to embrace a woman overtaken with grief, and that group of brave people protecting a, a CVS from being looted. <laughs> These scenes are refreshing, uh, but only a shadow of the one whose name ripples throughout the universe a name that causes the earth to quake, the, the sun to stand still, uh, the storm to hush, and the name that the enemy shakes in uncontrollable fear. It's a powerful name. It's a preeminent name. It's a prominent name, and a name pregnant with meaning. It's that name of God from the Bible, the one that Lorena just talked about. Uh, in the Old Testament, it's called Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Jehovah, Yahweh, I am. The all-powerful, almighty, self-sufficient, self-existent, immediately, personally present God who is and was and always will be the great I am. It was a name that was shared with Moses in the wilderness and one, as we heard Jesus use, some eight unique times in the Gospel of John. And over the next few weeks, we're gonna be exploring this in this new series called I Am, talking about God uh, and learning how to embrace the Lord, how to embrace I Am, how to embrace Yahweh and live in light of and, and in line with who he is. For God is that great I am, the one who is and was and who always will be, who is personally present. He was there 
for Israel who had been beaten down for hundreds of years in Egypt and will be there for us as we get knocked down in life. For the presence of God allows us to rise up. Exodus chapter three, verses 12 to 15. That's where we're gonna look at. You might wanna grab your Bible and open up to Exodus. Uh, right there in the, the, the Old Testament, right at the beginning, few books, Genesis, Exodus. Exodus chapter three, verse 12 to, to 15 it, it is the first place where God reveals his name. And we see three truths of I am revealing the truth that the presence of God allows us to rise up. So do me a favor, and why don't you rise up uh, right now, and let's pray. Let's ask God to teach us something this morning. Go ahead and stand up. Come on, you can. Get up off the couch. Okay, there you go. Stand up. <laughs> let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for just the truth that is in your word, and Lord, the way that you are that great I am, that personally present, amazing, incredible God with all power, with all, all uh, sufficient. Uh, you don't need anything from us, and yet you want us to follow you and live for you. So God, I pray this morning that you will challenge us, that you will encourage us, and Lord, help us to rise up. Lord, I know that some who are standing right here right now are feeling beaten down. Maybe it's just the emotions of what's going on, or maybe there's some other real issues that people are dealing with, some struggles at home, financially, with family. God, help them rise up this morning. Encourage them. Have your hand upon us and use this moment, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. And I encourage you to grab note paper or if you're watching and you can do this, click onto the note page and you can type in some notes or you can write down some notes and there's some verses to look up and, and all of that. I encourage you also to, at the end, go to the revive section of our webpage where there'll be lots more information. We've been doing things all week long to kind of prepare you for this Sunday and there'll be something coming on Monday as well. We wanna help you learn and you need to kind of step into those things and so we provided this opportunity in this uh, section of our webpage called Revive. Revive your soul this week. Well, well, long ago, the people of Israel, God's chosen people, had been welcomed into Egypt under Joseph's and Pharaoh's care. But as Exodus chapter one, verse eight says, there came a time when the king knew not Joseph. And Israel succumbed to the sinful nature of humanity and were enslaved, devalued, exploited, treated unjustly. That escalated for not just a few years, but hundreds and hundreds of years. All the while, Israel crying out to God, but no visible help. Yet God's people thrived. They thrived in number and in strength. So much so that the dominant culture, out of fear, sought to make life harder for them. And it turned to murder. And murder of children. Yet one survived. It was Moses. Raised in Pharaoh's house, God was preparing Moses to be the one who would deliver Israel. So let's listen as God prepares him for his mission, his call. Uh, Tim Hobbs is going to be reading Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 10 for us. Listen. Exodus 3, verses 1 to 10, and it goes like this. 
Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to the Horeb, the mountain god. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I am surely seeing the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now... Behold, the cry of the people of Israel have come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now Moses was a, a bit apprehensive. By the way, I have my uh, burning bush right here, this plant here. The staff wanted me to light it on fire, but I felt that would be a little bit too much but you can see it's kind of red like fire. But, but Moses was a bit apprehensive, but God assures Moses and gives us these three truths found in the powerful name of God, the great I am. Uh, the, the first is that I am with you. Uh, let's pick up the story again in, in Exodus chapter three, verse, well, I mean, I'll read verse 11 and 12. It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, verse 12. But he, that's God, said, but I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. God said, I will be with you. I love I loved Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse six. It's very clear. Be strong and courageous, do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God. That when it says Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's the name of God. Then you'll, we'll get that into, in just a moment, but that's Yahweh, that's I am. For I am the Lord your God who goes with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And in Zephaniah chapter three, verse 17, it proclaims the Lord, the, I am, your God is in your midst. I love Psalm 46.1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And Jesus was clear in, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, when he says, I am with you always. See, the very nature and name of God is presence. God is present, not an absentee parent or, or, or an inattentive friend. God is personally and intimately acquainted with all of us. 
and our ways. God wants us to know that. If, if, if you ever doubt that, just write down Psalm 139, my favorite passage in the world because it really helps me know that God is individually, personally present with us always. He knows us. He knows everything that goes out. Our thoughts from afar, he knows everything. And he's with us. God is present. And God's presence arises the oppressed, those treated unjustly, and those treated as less. See, God is with the least, the last, and the lost. Jesus, who is God, the great I am, in the parable about the end of all things in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to around 46, it talks of people who ministered to God, ministered to Christ when they reached out to the oppressed, the poor, the immigrant, the prisoner, the hurting. Because these, least of these, matter to God. And he rises up the oppressed, for God is with them and raises them up with help. Not only that, Jesus, who, who we will see in the weeks to come, is the great I am, continually spent time with the last, the, the marginalized, widows and children, and, and, and raised them to status. I, I love the, the, the story in, in Mark chapter five, verses 21 to around verse 43. Jesus has, has just got a word that Jairus, his daughter, was sick. And if you have kids or you love people, and you know when someone's sick close to death, there's nothing you cannot do to help them. You want to help them so bad. And he reaches out to Jesus, and the only hope that he sees is the one that can save his daughter. And Jesus on the way to save the daughter, to, talk, to, to heal him, or whatever Jesus is gonna do, no one knows at that point. And as he is moving, a crowd is pressing in on them. There's a woman in the crowd. Now, women at that place in that time, and it was not right, but they were seen as last or least or less. And this woman in particular had a disease, had an had a, 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 a issue with her physical body, and she was considered ceremoniously and unclean. She was to stay away from people because if she touched anybody because of her medical condition, they were unclean as well. She was ostracized, marginalized, uh, put asunder, uh, left alone. And she thought, if I could only somehow touch the fringe of the robe of Jesus that I will be healed. And so she squeezes herself into the midst of that crowd, knowing that she shouldn't be there, feeling embarrassed and, and shameful. And she reaches out and she does touch the fringe of Jesus' coat. And, and all of a sudden she feels something in her body and whoo, she's healed. Well, Jesus senses that and he whips around and says, who touched me? And you can see her shame. She probably dropped to her knees in shame, not wanting, because she's not supposed to touch anybody. And Jesus knows it's her because Jesus is God. He knows everything. And he reaches down and says something incredible. He reaches down and says, daughter. Amazing. He is, he, he, he's saying to her, uh, I now have a connection with you. I now am rising you up in status, rising you up to be related to me and connected because that's what Jesus does. He raises up the last and he helps them with inclusion. Jesus 
who said it straight in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, that he came to seek and save the lost, those who have not yet come to faith, to raise them up, to be found in faith, to to be included and connected. See, Jesus is for the least, the last, and the lost. And the presence of God allows us to rise up, allows them to rise up. We need to embrace that reality, to take it in, to let it simmer in our soul and, and soak in. God's name means presence. I am with you, God says. Feel it, (laughs) believe it, for it's true. I am with you, God says. As well, God says, I am who I am. Pick up Exodus again and, and look now at verse 13. Then Moses said to God, Exodus 3, verse 13, if I come to the people of Israel and saying to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Verse 14, that first part. God said to Moses, I am who I am. The phrase begins in the first person singular verb to be, or I am. Like, I am a father, I am a grandfather, I am walking. It's a statement of that, but, 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 but when it's used in a standalone expression, I am who I am, it becomes descriptive, a description of self-sufficiency, self-existence, giving the description of the of immediate personal presence of God, as well, ultimate power and authority in life, because God is I love how got questions. Matter of fact, if you ever struggle with any issues and you can't get a, pa- get a hold of a pastor, uh, you have some good biblical questions, go to the uh, online, go to got questions. Just type that in in your question and, and they've got a lot of answers there. I love what they say about this phrase, I am who I am. It, it says this, God ex- existence is not contiguous upon anything else. His plans are not contingent upon any circumstances. His promise that he will be, he promises that he will be what he will be. That is, he will be the eternally consistent God. He stands ever present and unchangeable, completely sufficient in himself to do what he wills to do and accomplishes what he will accomplish. God is. In the last book of the Bible, the book of the Revelation, chapter one, verse eight, it puts it this way. I am the alpha and the omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the almighty. Therefore, when I am, the Lord shows up, it's all good. (laughs) And we rise up as we embrace this I am who I am, the I am-ness of God. Psalm 145, verse eight puts it this way. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth, because he is who he is. Isaiah 41, 10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is who he is. I am who I am. That's not what Pharaoh did. Because you know Moses was called to go to Pharaoh and to tell Pharaoh to let Israel go. Take your Bible and, and, and flip over to Exodus chapter five now. 
And let's see this encounter with Pharaoh. I want you to pay attention to how Pharaoh acts. Chapter five of Exodus, verses one and two. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to, to, and said to Pharaoh, thus the Lord, I am, the God of Israel, says, let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Verse two, but Pharaoh said, who is this I am, this Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know this I am, this Lord. And moreover, I will not let Israel go. Pharaoh defies the Lord and says he does not know or, or will not bend or yield to the Lord's authority. Pharaoh was saying that he is his own I am who I am so that I will not relent or, or, or give to anyone, give anyone to, uh, give into anyone's authority but my own. Well, God took 10 plagues to show Pharaoh who the Lord is. Boy, read through that passage, the rest of Exodus, and, and uh, God shows up. I am shows his power. And though Pharaoh gave in and let the people go, he still defied God. But regardless, the Lord is the great I am. And so we're put to a choice. Will we be like Pharaoh who defies God's lordship of our life? Or will we be like Moses who embraced the Lord and yielded to God's lordship and leadership of our life? Now, now Moses wasn't perfect. He struggled. He struggled with obedience and yet still yielded to the lordship of God. And the question comes, what about you? Are you willing to yield to the leadership and lordship of God? Well, that's seen in obedience. And, and in our willingness to embrace God, I am who I am. For the presence of, of God allows us to rise up. Ah, that you would embrace him. That you would come and, and know him for who he is, not for who we think he is, but actually for who he is, what God's word reveals about him. To embrace that is to believe it, to say, yes, I get that God is who he is, not who I think he is. One more truth about God as he gives us a challenge. I am has sent. You're in chapter five of Exodus. Go back now to chapter three. Let's look now at verse, rest of verse 14 and on into 15. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he, that's God, said, say this to the people of Israel, I am, has sent you. Verse 15, God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus, I am to be remembered throughout all generations. I am, the, the, the personal presence, the, the all-sufficient, all-powerful, awesome God has called us to rise up to the challenge to do something. And oh my, if there ever was a time in our world for us to rise up and do something, it's now. 
Church, we, we need to rise up. It's difficult to know. It's difficult to know what to do in this sense of civic unrest. For Moses, it was a step into leadership. Moses did. It wasn't easy. He struggled with that. That's why Aaron came, because Moses was, struggled with his speech, and Aaron was a little more eloquent. But Moses hung on to God's powerful name. I am with you. I am who I am. I am have sent you. Meaning, meaning that we're not alone and left to flounder, not abandoned, but empowered and equipped. So let me just give you five things I believe God wants us all to do, especially now, especially in this time of, of civic unrest. The first is to pray. First Thessalonians 5.17, one of the shortest verses in the Bible says, pray continuously. Uh, James 5.16 says, our prayers are powerful and effective. We are to pray. When you watch the news and you see the horrific things that are there, pray. When you hear about people struggling, pray. When you even feel in your own heart things are difficult and, and there's unrest even in your own soul, pray. Talk to God. <clears throat> he hears you. He listens with an attentive ear. You have his attention, so pray. Don't ever underestimate the power of prayer because prayer works. It really does. Next, point people to Jesus. In words, of Acts 1-8, go and be my witnesses Jesus says that we're to, to share about the hope that we found in Jesus and to share that with other people, not obnoxiously, but as God opens up the opportunities in the same way uh, to, to, to point people to Jesus through our actions. Actions do speak louder than words. And in John 13, 34, we are to express love constantly. What do your words say? Are your words full of love <laughs> because it's really only Jesus that's gonna be able to allow our nation to rise up. Yeah, we need reform. Yes, we need reconciliation. Yes, we need a lot of discussions and deal with feelings, but Jesus is the answer. And the reason I know that is because it's very personal to me. See, I was beaten down in life struggled with a divorced family, alcoholic father, physically beaten down by him, struggling with my weight, struggling with a lot of things in life, teased and, and, and excluded, and I was beaten down. So much so that I didn't even want to go on in life. But then somebody introduced me to Jesus, and I found out that I was loved and cared for. That person, Jeff, took time and he shared with me in word and in action Jesus's love and I was raised up I was raised up from being beaten down because that's what's going to create reform in our nation that's what's going to make a difference it's Christ and God has given each of you who know him that ability to share with those around you don't lose sight of that. Yeah, you may not know all the right words, 
but you can at least try. And if you don't know the words, then just show it. And people will get it. We need to pray. We need to point people to Jesus. We need to also learn and listen. Proverbs 1.5 says, the wise increase in learning. There was a, a peaceful demonstration, protest march in our city of Cyprus here. And uh, you can read about my experience with that. If you go to the revived section under the news and insights, there's a thing I wrote about that and I encourage you to do that. But I, I took time to go there. The reason I wanted to go is because I wanted to learn and to listen and learn to and listen to experience people as they walked in and walked with and walked for some of the injustice and struggles of our nation. It was powerful. It was emotional. And I learned a lot. Again, you can read about it later and I encourage you to go there, but we're to learn and to listen it's hard to listen when we're speaking out. Sometimes it's good to be silent. Not to always be silent because we do need to, to, to speak up and I'll tell you, say that in a moment, but we need to listen and learn. We need to pray, we need to point people to Jesus, we need to listen and learn, and then we do need to speak up. Proverbs 31.8 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of all who are destitute. We're to speak up when it's appropriate. God will show you. God will be with you. God will encourage you. God will tell you how and where and when to speak up. And it may not be a public voice, but it may be with that neighbor or that friend or, or not allowing that racial slur to go on. We need to speak up. And lastly, we need to step up. Step up to the to the platform God gives you. See, not all of us are activists, but we have friends and we have family and we can have conversation and ask great questions. Luke twelve forty eight challenges us that there is a responsibility with what God has given us. So step up. We're to pray, we're to point people to Jesus, we're to learn to listen, we're to speak up, we're to step up. And the reason why is because humanity is our responsibility. And as long as you and I have breath, we need to participate. We need to engage. We need to get involved in whatever way God has for us and opens up to us. For he wants us to help people rise and sense that presence of I am. For the presence of God allows us to rise up. I see a day. I see a day and I believe it can happen on this side of heaven. Where all God's people of all colors, of all diversities stand in unity and celebration of our all sufficient, our all powerful, the great I am who is. It's possible. It's possible as we embrace God, as we embrace the, the great I am, knowing that he says, I am, who, I am with you. I am who I am, and I am of sense you. So the question is, will you embrace him? It, it starts with that initial step, that initial step to believe, 
to come to that place where we understand who Jesus is. If you're wondering about that, boy, email us, encourage us, get with us, email me. I would love to talk with you about that. Then it's to continue in life to embrace and learn and grow in who God is, this great I am. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for just the reality that you did not stay a, a distant, or you've never been a distant um, absentee deity, Lord. You have always been personally present. Your name declares that, Lord. So, Father, sometimes the reason we feel distance is not because you left. It's because we've either turned our back on you or walked away. Lord, help us to turn around and help us to embrace fully who you are, the great I am, Yahweh, the Lord. And Lord, may we sense that reality of rising up and being the people you've created us to be. For we pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Have you fully embraced I am the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh. He's the one that can make the difference in your life. He's the one that can help you rise up from whatever has beaten you down in life. Would you try that? Boy, consider that as we continue our worship together.